You're listening to the Filthy Fantasy Football Show. All right, everybody, welcome in to your Friday episode. Well, I guess you'll get it Saturday. Of the Filthy Fantasy Football Show, the show where it's a safe place for you foul-mouthed fantasy players out there. As always, minus Rome this week. But your boys, King Josh, Asha King, and the Fantasy Fish. How you doing? I'm good, man. Ready for some football? We had some football last night. So for today's, tonight's, whatever you want to call it, episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Thursday night. We got some news and noise around the league. And then we got our starts of the week. However... We're going to put our little filthy twist on it. So uh, let's talk about Thursday. So I, I redact my statement of saying that, although I actually know it still stands. But when I said that Sam Darnold was having a bad fantasy game, he actually ended up having a good fantasy game through for 304 yards. He had two rushing touchdowns. So, you know, you like to see that. Um, but Christian McCaffrey, man, just it's it's very dis- disappointing. Although there was some positive news today. They talked about how. Uh, Matt Rule said that McCaffrey's hamstring injury is going to be out for a few weeks. He's saying it's more of a strain than hopefully it's not a tear. But, I mean, now we were kind of talking about this pre-show. with uh, We have a listener question that we can dive into later. But, you know, my concern is, like, do they bring back McCaffrey? See, the thing, what if what if uh, Caroline is actually good and they're they're getting into, like, playoff contention? Do you rush McCaffrey back and you don't let that hamstring heal properly? Because I, I read a stat somewhere that the the percentage for reaggravation on a hamstring injury is like twenty five to thirty percent. But now, as the the strain grade gets higher, the percentage gets higher for re injury. And uh, you know, it, to me, it kind of reminds me like a like the Dwayne Wade situation where that fool was always hurt and he'd always come back way too early, and then he would just get hurt again. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I guess obviously time tell, time will tell, but I'm, I don't know, I'm just sad. It just sucks to see such a young, talented player to go down like that. But, um, DJ Moore, monster game, eight for 126. So, you know, super involved in that passing game. It, Fish, let me ask you, is Robbie Anderson, are you dumping this man now? Like, what do you do with him at this point in time? Oh, I would have, I would have dumped him a long time ago. I've never been high on Robbie Anderson, but yeah, I, it's getting more concerning for him. I, I would I would dump him if I could. He's still going to be that player that like he's going to have a huge game, but like when do you start him? Like how do you pick that? You, there's no way to predict that he's going to have a 70 yard touchdown, and that's what you're hoping for. Do you think Sam Darnold gets like Adam Gase New York Jets PTSD when he looks over on the you know to the to the receiver and he sees Robbie Anderson? He's like, oh god, Adam Gase. Where's DJ Moore? Right. He could. I think the other thing to consider, too, is he has better receivers in Carolina. Yeah. Where Robbie Anderson didn't have that competition as much before. Robbie Anderson is probably the third best receiver on that team. Well, well Terrace Marshall, Marshall, you know, he's, he's probably getting... better, like more versatile. I wouldn't say better, but more versatile. Yeah. Well, I mean, R- Robbie Anderson, you know, Talented receiver, no doubt. 
they've just paid that man a lot of money to not throw him the ball. Cause you know, it's funny of all the things that I could correctly predicted yesterday, a friend of mine texted me and says, should I play Robbie Anderson tonight? And I said, absolutely not. But I think you, cause like you said, how do you play that man? You can't, you can't predict when these games are going to happen. And then, and then you're going to be chasing points all year. So all of a sudden he has one good game where he gets another 50 yard touchdown. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to put that man in my lineup next week. And then what happens? Just like what happened last night. He goes, what did he have? One for eight yards. So I he mean, had two just... targets. That's the thing too, is he had three targets week one, then six, which you like to see that target share go up. And then two. And here's another thing. 81% of the snaps week one, 74 week two, 64 week three. I think they're moving away from him because of his lack of versatility. Yeah, so look look to see a contract renegotiation with Robbie Anderson or they're going to trade him or cut him or something. I just the, the amount of money that they paid him to not be productive is insane. You know what, what how we just talked about dropping him. Director Ross actually gave us a really good note right here. Check waiver wires and see if I mean granted different team now, but Curtis Samuel might be out there because since he started the year on IR, he very well could be uh, available out there, but you know, always check your waiver wires, obviously. But I mean, at this point in time, I'd much rather have Quintez Cephas. Than... I was just going to say, there's a lot of receivers that are probably on there that are more consistent. Yeah. Quintez Cephas, Hunter Renfro. I can't keep naming them off because I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's plenty. Braxton Barrios. Right? Braxton you... Barrios. Jamison Crowder, he might. He might not play this week, but Jamison Crowder's available out there. Pick him up. I mean, but you just there's you can't play Robbie Anderson at this point in time. But moving on, uh, Houston side of the ball, not much to say about anything except Brandon Cook's legit. He's the real deal. I mean, third week of just absolute massive production. I had eleven targets last night again, nine for one twelve. I just I think at this point in time. I got to start putting more respect on that name for Brandon cooks. I got to start ranking them higher. I, I think it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Just they're going to throw the shit. They're just all, all night. Just throw balls at him all night. It's never mattered who the quarterback is. Granted, he's had a lot of good quarterbacks in the past, but it's really never mattered. He's always produced. Mm-hmm. And he said he got 11 targets. Yeah. And then Davis Mills threw the ball 28 times. So that's a third of the targets. And Davis Mills, I mean, he didn't look great, but he looked a lot better than he did um, for in replacement in week two. Yeah, well, I think it helped that he had a full week of practice and was able to, yeah. you know, he knew he had the job this week. So Yeah, he had to, he's just under 70% of his passes completed. I wouldn't, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to be like, hey, get ready to play this guy anytime soon or anything like that. But he proved himself serviceable for Cook's production. Although on the bright side, if you have the Buffalo defense, you're in for a treat next week because Houston's going to be taken on. Uh, but I, I mean, until further, it looks like Houston might be that team this year that you want to kind of see who they're playing and see if that defense is available. Although as I'm going through their schedule right now, not really looking like you're going to be able to pick up their opponent on the waiver wire. You know, they got Buffalo, New England. The Colts are probably available. Arizona probably isn't. Rams aren't. But, you know, keep an eye on that. So, but I guess uh, that'll kind of wrap it up for the Thursday night game. Not too much else to talk about. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of the news and noise from around the league. 
this day. First off, uh, Antonio Brown did not practice again today. So I think it's it's almost it's basically 100% official that he's not going to play on Sunday because at this point in time, he still needs to have two negative tests uh, for because he tested he already tested positive for COVID-19. So he needs to have two negative tests within 24 hours apart of each other. But the team is traveling tomorrow. So I it's not I don't think it's going to be happening. T Higgins, he is he has suited up today, but it's still looking very doubtful. So, you know, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, they're, you know, fire those guys up for sure. Odell Beckham, it's official he's going to play, although they see some of the beat reporters are tough because one guy said he's a full go ready to go play. One guy said he's a game time decision. I think he's going to play. Although I think we talked about this yesterday. I'm still not comfortable starting him yet. It, I mean, I'll, although, you know, no Jarvis Landry, but I don't know. I kind of want to see a week of what it looks like. And, and we've talked about this before, too. He's been on your roster for two weeks. You haven't played him. What's one more week? I mean, unless you're 0-2 and you need to go for that home run, then, you know, maybe go that route. But, oh, here we go right here. It says the Browns coach, Stephen, Kevin Stefanski himself, said that Odell Beckham's going to play, so... Right. The big concern too is if it gets sore while he's playing. Yeah. Like, like I know that he like that the risk of re-injuries probably drop a lot by now, but it could just be sore where he can't just run to full speed after halftime. You know, half a game. Like, yeah, he's been practicing, but it's a lot different than football. Yeah, speed. but he had a very major surgery. You know, and if he hasn't gotten mm-hmm. those full full speed reps in, that knee could fill up with fluid real quick. And it's going to get stiff. It's going to hurt. And he's not going to want to be out there running. Yep. Um, let's see. Russell Gage, not that you were playing him, but he's out on Sunday. So, I mean, I don't know. Still sucks, I guess. 49ers, they ruled out Jamichael Hasty with an ankle injury. Elijah Mitchell, he's looking really doubtful with that shoulder injury. So it looks like it's going to be Trey Sermon season and Trenton Cannon and Jacques something fucks his name. Oh, Jaquez Patrick Jaquez. I have heard his name pronounced like seven different ways. I've heard Jock. I've heard Jaquez. I've heard Jaquez running back Patrick, the XFL guy. (laughs) So, I mean, but I think, I think you can fire up. So actually, you know what? Let's, let's ask that listener question right now. Um, cause it's, it's relevant to where we are right here. The question was, I have the number one waiver claim and I can pick up Trey Sermon tonight or should I wait for Chuba Hubbard after waivers? Now my vote would be pick up Chuba because we don't know what McCaffrey situation looks like, but at the same time, we don't know what the San Francisco situation looks like long-term anyways. Jeff Wilson, he's hanging out, getting ready to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to be the starter. At least I've, feel like he's going to be the starter. Elijah Mitchell will eventually be healthy again. They're still Jamichael Hasty. Um they brought in now granted, you know, you need you need more bodies, but the uh the 49ers brought in like five guys to come try out for them today to to try to add more depth to that backfield. So Fish, if, if you had the number one waiver claim and you had your choice between Sermon or Hubbard, where are you going? You know, we talked about it in the pre-show, and at first I said Sermon, but the more I think about it, Hubbard's probably going to be better because you're really trying to fill for Christian, Christian McCaffrey. 
And then if that way, if he re-aggravates, then you still might have Hubbard as long as you don't drop him after McCaffrey comes back. Yeah. I mean, I like Sermon, but I think he has a potential to down the road be a starter, so he may have more season-long value. But we just don't know. And when you yeah. don't know, take the safe route. Go with Chuba. Well, plus Mike Davis, he was a top, what, 13 running back last year in the in the Christian McCaffrey role. And Hubbard looked okay, you know? I mean, but it was a weird game anyways. And But I, I would definitely take uh, uh, Hubbard. And then with Fab, I mean, if you didn't spend all your money on Elijah Mitchell, don't spend 100% of your Fab, but, you know, 50%. 40%, you know, go get him. Although he should be rostered. Actually, he, I, I, I can't get that back. He's not really rostered, but, but then also, uh, we got a note here. You don't re- don't rely on Elijah Mitchell either, unless you have a contingency plan because, um, this is the Sunday night game. So actually, uh, what I would, do, I have both Mitchell and Sermon. And I put them both on my bench. Well, see, I was actually thinking about that. If I had, if I had to make a pivot, for the Sunday night game, I would look to see if, and it grosses me out to say this, I would look to see if Jalen Rager is available. So I would put Mitchell or Sermon in my flex position. And then if things are looking bad, well, actually, if if you have Sermon, you're going to play him. Actually, no, I take that back. If Mitchell's playing, I don't know if you can play Sermon. But if, if Mitchell's out, play Sermon. If Mitchell's in, I think I would go Jalen Rager then, because at least then you have more upside to to points. I I feel, but I don't know. I feel like when it's a Sunday night game, you really limit yourself if you wait to find out who's healthy, because then your options are whoever's available on Sunday night or whoever's available on Monday night, and you just reduce your pool of players that you could pick from on waivers. So what I did is I just benched both of them, and. I'm starting James White instead, who has a decent floor from passing. Maybe he can get a touchdown. It's not my favorite thing, but there's not really a lot of people on the waiver wires in our league. So that's yeah. part of the reason why. But I don't like the idea of limiting yourself to two games. I'd rather make the move now, with get the player you would prefer, and just not take the risk. Although, you know, if you do need a running back, Kenneth Gainwell might be available out there. So, I mean, he, he's definitely a viable option. Let's see. Other news. We got the Panthers are actually working out some running backs today. They brought in Edo Smith, Dontrell Hilliard, and a guy named BJ Emmons. But I think that's more just to add another body uh, to the backfield, which is fine. Um Ian Rappaport reports that Carson Wentz is expected to start week three against the Titans, which is very confusing because Jacob Eason and Brett Hundley got all the work. And then the head coach wouldn't admit that uh, Eason was going to be the starter. But I mean, either way, you're not playing Carson Wentz or any of those iterations of the Colts quarterback position. Uh, Running back Josh Jacobs, he's looking doubtful for week three against the Dolphins. Uh, he missed practice again today, just like last week. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they sit him out again. It's a tough matchup anyways. But I thought I had a sneeze, but it went away. But I, I feel that, you know, you're not going to play Peyton Barber. It's a tough matchup. I think you can you can probably play uh, Kenyon Drake. If you're like me, you're forced to play Kenyon Drake. 
But, um, I mean, either way, it's kind of gross. But Josh Jacobs, he's probably going to be out. Uh, Daryl Henderson, he's going to be a game-time decision against the Buccaneers. I actually don't – if Henderson was healthy, I don't like him this week anyways. If Henderson's out, I don't want any part of Sony Michelle because – the Rams, you can actually pass on the Rams defense, but you cannot run. They actually have, I think they're the, they're in like the top five run defense. The Bucks defense? Yeah, the Bucks defense. I think they're like top five run defense, but they're like bottom three of pass defense. I think I read that somewhere. And the Rams are pretty good at passing. Yeah. yeah they're, they've been very effective at passing. So, but like, but, but Henderson has the skill set for, for uh, you know, being a back running back coming out of the backfield, whereas if you look at Sony Michelle, there he is. His stat line: he has like no receipt. His entire career, he only has was it? That's he has thirty six receptions his entire career. So you're not gonna be you know, don't touch Sony Michelle. But the problem with Henderson though, it's he has a he has a rib injury, so I mean, if he takes a hard shot, even if he does play, he could be how out. Is, Go ahead. How was Sony Michelle catching out of college? Because how much of this is just a product of James White being the running back in New England that catches the ball? Is he not a good cat catcher? Because he's cat sixty three, sixty, and seventy eight percent of his passes in the first three seasons. Can he not catch, or was this just a product of James White? I'm not entirely sure. It could be both. I, I mean, I, unfortunately, I'm not too familiar with Sony Michelle's college. Right, neither am I. History. That Rome's our college guy, but you know, Rome's yeah, that bastard busy building the youth of America in football right now. But um, I mean, it's it's just uh, I, I'm not interested in any of the uh, of any of the the Rams running backs. Even even if Henderson is in, I'm I'm not too interested in that. But I think that's just about it for news. I don't have – I don't really see – oh. He's got 64 college receptions, but it doesn't say his targets on this site. Gotcha. Here, actually, here's a, here's an interesting one to, to just keep an eye on. Josh Gordon, he's been reinstated by the NFL. So I the Saints need a receiver. You know, maybe the Patriots again. I don't know. but Does Seattle still own his contract? I don't know. I was trying to look that up, but I couldn't find it. Oh, another big one. Deontay Johnson, he's been ruled out. So, you, you know, obviously make your adjustments. Don't pick up James Washington. I don't think that's going to be a thing. And did I touch base on T. Higgins? T. Higgins is doubtful. So be ready for that. Tyler Boyd season. I love Tyler Boyd. You got him pretty Game cheap, and I, I, think, I, I think he's going to be great. But – Okay, that, I think that'll wrap it up for news and noise for this week. Let's go ahead and take a look at our starts of the week. However, again, like I said, here at the Filthy Fantasy Football Show, we like to keep it nasty. So instead of your starts of the week, we're calling this your booty calls of the week, meaning it's good for a week. We like we like what we see. It's going to feel awfully nice. So Big Rome's not here tonight. But we're going to go ahead and, and he, he was kind enough to send us his starts of the week. His quarterback start of the week is Dak Prescott. Now, I know what you're saying. Dak Prescott, obvious stud, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, he's sitting right now as the quarterback 17 on the year. He had a great week one, 
and then was absolutely shut down by the Chargers. He thinks this is going to be a high point total between the Cowboys and the Eagles, and he's going to get it's going to be a get right game for Dak. So I mean, fire up Dak with full confidence, and we'll go that way. But Fish, go ahead and give us your quarterback start of the week because I need a minute to build up my strength to get through mine. So go ahead and hit us with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go in the same game, and I'm just gonna say Jalen Hurts. I know, and I know he's had a couple good games. I think it's gonna be even better this week than it's been the first two games. He's playing against the Dallas Cowboys, and everybody knows how I feel about players playing against the Cowboys defense. He kind of had a little bit of a low game last week against San Francisco, but I think he'll bounce back and get get about kind of what it was like week one. He had 264 and three touchdowns. I think he'll be closer to 290 to 300, but maybe only two touchdowns and maybe get a rushing one too. I mean, he's getting it done on the ground though. I mean, if you look at his last two weeks, 62 yeah. yards week one, 82 and a touchdown last week. So, I mean, it's funny. He had less than 200 passing yards. And only had a rushing touchdown, but he was still in the top 10 quarterbacks for week two. So, I mean, so, you know, Jalen Hurts, look for the bounce back game. Even though he didn't really have, like, a setback or anything, but, you know, he should have a good game. All right. Right, they were good games. My quarterback booty call of the week this week. And I've been anti this man since he came into the NFL. But Daniel Jones, I mean, Atlanta is the... Bet the the most friendly fantasy defense in all of fantasy sports right now. They give up the most running yards, give up the most passing, and they're the most friendly to the quarterback. He's currently the quarterback six on the year. They're at home. I mean, he's he even his last like look at his last game against Washington, which is a very good defense. Although who knows, maybe they're not. Maybe they're a fraud this year. But two hundred forty nine passing yards and a touchdown. And then he ran for ninety five yards and a touchdown. He has two rushing touchdowns on the year. And, you know, the quarterback position, a running quarterback is almost like the fantasy cheat code because they're going to get much more points for the rushing yards. And then, uh, you know, there's always opportunity for rushing touchdowns. I just, I think, I think the Giants win this game. And I think Daniel Jones is, he's going to be very, very surprising this week. And unfortunately, and fortunately, he was available in just about every league. So I was able to pick him up, and I'm starting him just about everywhere I can. So I, I like Daniel Jones this week. Uh, moving on, Big Rome, his running back start of the week. Same game, Saquon Barkley. You know, Saquon just hasn't been getting it done this year at all. We've we've talked about our our worries about that man, but you know, this is going to be a get right game for him. He's going to look like his, you know, better self from a couple years ago. Me personally, when I saw Saquon Barkley's name scroll across my phone with Rome's picks, my thought was, if Barkley doesn't do it this game, I think I'm out on Barkley the rest of the year, basically. But I mean, his snap percentage did go up from week from week one to week two. He had that 41 41 yard run where he looked fantastic, and you know, again, Atlanta has a very bad defense, so this very well could be a great Saquon Barkley game. So he he has he has full confidence in that man this week. He he thinks he's going to look like the Saquon of old. Fish, who's your running back booty call of the week? My booty call for my running back is James White. I he's getting a lot of passing work. He's playing against New New Orleans. They're gonna 
They stifle the run most cases, not not so much last week. I think that James White is going to have a good flex play. He He's got a pretty good stat line this season so far for somebody who's not the starting running back on his team. And who, with Damian Harris getting so many carries, he's got 12 receptions for 94 yards, nine rushes for 32 and a touchdown. So he's not like the highest upside but I think he can get another touchdown this week against the Saints. You know, I think that the Saints might have a hard time moving the ball against the Patriots. and The Patriots might have a lot of control of the clock there. His snap count went up last week, which is promising. And I could just see them kind of throwing the ball around just because that's where the Saints are weakest at. Yeah. I actually think that's going to be a pretty low-scoring game, but I think you're right. I, I think James White's actually a very good option out there, and he's available in just about every league. Uh, my running back booty call of the week, Tyson Williams, uh, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, I know he was the running back like four on their depth chart, and they brought in just about every single running back. But you can stop it with Le'Veon Bell. You can stop it with Devonta Freeman. This man, he looks... He was the fastest running back they have. Lat Murray was just kind of like plodding all over the field. Um, I think I think Lat Murray is like a desperation flex play. I, I mean, I, I think I ranked Williams around like running back 18. But realistically, like I wouldn't be shocked if he finished in the top 13 or 14 or so. I, I just I feel that he he gives the Ravens their I he's their best running back that they have right now. And I mean he's rushing. Okay, so week one. He only had nine carries, but he ran for 65 yards and a touchdown. You know, that's a that's 7.22 yards per carry. He's he's getting a little bit of involvement in the passing game. And then last week, he ran 13 times for 77 yards. That's 5.92 yards a carry. This man is averaging over six yards a run right now. And then Detroit's defense does not scare anybody. So, I mean, realistically, I, I see Williams in that. 85 rushing yards, maybe another 40 reception yards, and I think he gets a touchdown. So I, I actually I really like Williams this week. I, I think you could uh, start that man with full confidence. I like that. And just to add to that, I think he's got a good chance of getting more than one touchdown this week. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, would you be shocked if, you know, at the end of the week he was running back like 13 or 12 on the week? No, I think he could be the RB one. I wouldn't want. To, I mean, obviously you start multiple running backs, but I, th- I think he'll probably end up in the RB two range. But he definitely has the potential to be an RB one. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like running back, like I said, uh, 12, 13, 14 by, by the end of the week. I, I, I think this is a very good game for him. Uh, moving on, Rome, his wide receiver. He actually gave us uh, some actually. He, he gave us two positions for everybody because he's an overachiever. His other running back start of the week, booty call of the week. I'm sorry, I can't remember my own names and stuff. Austin Eckler. Um, Austin Eckler was getting very much more involved in the passing game in week two, um, which you like to see. I mean, he had he had decent running running load carry in week one against Washington with uh, 57 carries. Or, I'm sorry, 57 yards and a touchdown. Then last week against Dallas, nine carries for 54 yards but it was the nine nine targets with nine receptions. He thinks that continues on with Austin Eckler, so you play that man with full confidence. But his his wide receiver booty call of the week, 
is Adam Thielen. He is staying in the hot flames. That is Adam Thielen, who, you know, we all, me personally, I was writing him off. I thought last year, Thielen to me, I mean, he ended as the wide receiver 10 on the year, but he only, he had less than a thousand yards because he had 14 touchdowns that, but he's still an absolute touchdown machine. I mean, his, his, Okay, week one, nine for 92 and two touchdowns. I mean, absolutely amazing. But then last week, not a lot of yards. 39 yards with six catches, but he still had a touchdown. That man scores touchdowns. That's what Thielen does. And Rome thinks he stays hot with that. It's a, it's a good matchup against Seattle. Seattle's defense doesn't scare anybody. Jamal Adams is a great blitzing safety, but he is not a good coverage safety. So, I mean, you can pass on this defense. And Adam Thielen stays hot with it. Um, his bonus wide receiver booty call of the week is in that Charger game again. He loves Keenan Allen. He thinks Keenan Allen is going to be an absolute stud again. Um, Mike Williams is getting the touchdowns, but he thinks Keenan Allen gets a touchdown this week. But, I mean, he loves his yardage, and and he's getting the looks. Nine catches for 100 yards week one. Four, four catches, but 108 yards week two. So, I mean, he thinks he gets another 100 yards in the touchdown because Kansas City's defense isn't as good as people think they are. He talk, I think he talked about that one of the episodes, that the Kansas City defense isn't what we thought it was. So, so Keenan Allen's still a great start. Fish hit us with that nasty, nasty wide receiver. All right, my booty call for the wide receiver. Dial this man up. Get it. Is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, he had a huge game last last week. Nine receptions, 159 yards. The week one, he only had one reception for 14 yards. I think that injury to Jerry Judy, until Judy's back, Sutton to me is probably an every week start. But this is an especially good matchup against the Jets. I know the Jets do have a solid defense, but I think that Sutton's going to be able to get it done against them. He's the go-to receiver there now. And I think that he could even... Get, I don't think he's going to get 159 yards again, although he could. But I think he'll get a touchdown. He'll break into the end zone this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, like 90-plus yards in the touchdown seems very feasible for Sutton. And I, I love Sutton this week as well. I think that's a great pick. When when I saw that you picked him, I was kind of like, damn, I should have gone with that. But I'm sticking with uh, the uh, – this is the highest I will probably ever be on this man. I talked about it in last night's episode – Mar- Marquise Hollywood Brown, he is my wide receiver 12 this week. He is my absolute booty call smash piece this week. Detroit's defense, again, not scary. But what I'm really liking about Hollywood Brown right now is, you know, he was great coming out of college, but then he ha- he hurt his foot. And then he hasn't had a true offseason. He hasn't had a real training camp until this year. This is the first time he's come into the NFL healthy. He was hurt as a rookie. He was hurt last year, but now this year coming in, he is a full go and they're playing him out of the slot a lot instead of on the outside. And he's getting much more involved in the passing game. Week one, six for 69 and a touchdown with six targets. Then last week against Kansas city, six for one thirteen and a touchdown with 10 targets. Snap counts went up, went from 69% to 72%. He's the wide receiver 10 on the year right now. And I think this man absolutely stays hot I don't have any shares of Hollywood Brown because I thought he was, as your quote, I thought he was garbage truck juice. I thought he was absolutely terrible, and I've been very vocal about my anti-Lamar Jackson because he's a running back that throws the ball. And 
I so I just I was completely out on Hollywood Brown. And since I can't get him in any leagues, he's in all of my DFS lineups because I love Hollywood Brown this week. Again, Detroit defense does not scare me. So, I mean, realistically, if, uh, you know, I, I think Brown could easily get another 100-yard game and a touchdown. I, I just I, I love that man this week. Absolutely. And you know what else is helping him, in my opinion? This isn't super important, but I wanted to touch on it. The addition of Sammy Watkins. So why I wanted to touch on it is I think he'll even have more upside once Bateman comes back. You know, the last year, it was him and Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of tough when you're the only guy on the outside getting the ball thrown to you. And now that they're getting a little more weapons, opens things up for them a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, It helps when you have other receivers out there. I mean, it's it's like, like look at Arizona. Um, you know, Christian Kirk was okay. You know, their wide receiver room was terrible. You bring in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, and now guys like, you know, Rondale Moore probably would have been okay on a team. And, and so on and so on. But now all of a sudden you put the be- one of the best wide receivers in football out there. Now all of a sudden these guys are very viable. Kind of like, like I really don't think that Marquez Valdez, Scantling, or any of those other guys would be relevant on any other fan or any other NFL team. But because Devontae Adams is on the other side of the field, it makes them viable. Now granted, it helps when you have Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback. But point being, if you got other help out there, so the defense has to focus their attention somewhere else, it puts better looks for you, but all right. Rome's booty call of the week is I thought this was kind of a Homer pick because he's a Niners fan, but he loves George Kittle this week. You know, we talked about it when we broke down the San Francisco 49er game that they need to go back to that offense when they actually throw the ball to him. I don't know why they're not involving him. You know, green Bay does have a good defense, but you know, Debo Samuel, if he gets that Jair Alexander treatment, and Kittle's available underneath, go back that route. I mean, it's just, it, it's shocking their usage of him. They're using him as a run blocker. They're not using him as an actual tight end who can catch, which is what he does. Like I said, it, it was, uh, was it two years ago? No, I'm sorry, three years ago. Oh, shit, four years ago. Four years ago, he set the tight end record for receiving yards in a year. Then it was broken by Kelsey later that day. But besides the point, this guy's an absolute monster. But you don't throw him the ball. You don't utilize that skill set. Like, use that to your advantage. When you have one of those absolute difference playmakers at tight end where too big for a corner to cover, too fast for a linebacker to cover, why the fuck are you not throwing him the ball? So he thinks that they're finally going to get their head out of their ass, especially with the banged-up running backfield. They're going to be passing the ball. He thinks Green Bay's going to come out you know, hot, trying to put points up on the board. Devin's going to, or they're going to have to counter by putting points on the board. So look for Kittle to bounce back. Fish, get us with that tight, tightest of tight end booty call. Yeah, my booty call for tight end is Rob Gronkowski. I know he's had two good games, but he's really just been getting done with touchdowns. But I don't see that stopping anytime soon. I mean, the first game he had eight receptions for 90 yards, but last week he only had four receptions for 39, but two touchdowns. I can see. I know they're playing a strong defense. I know this is kind of why I added him is because some people are probably hesitant to play him against a strong defense. But I think Gronk continues to get into the end zone. One hundred percent. Like I said, I remember my uh, my brother texted me last week and was like, "Do I still play Gronk?" And I said, "Fuck yeah, you do." 
Like they're the offense is rolling and it's working. Whatever they're doing is working. Why would they change it? Gronk's involved in that passing game. Now with Antonio Brown out, I would look to see Gronk available more. I mean, it's just you got to throw to somebody, and it's not going to be Scotty Miller. That's for damn sure. Uh, I love that pick. My tight end booty call of the week is going to be Jared Cook from the L.A. Chargers. Maybe this is a bit of a homer pick, too, because I'm a Charger fan. But the thing is this. Jared Cook, now granted, the stat line doesn't look that great. You know, last week, three catches for 28 yards. Not not the greatest thing. But he had two catches that were called back. One of them was a touchdown. They're really trying to get him involved. You know, Kansas City, they they play the Chargers fairly well. You know, Fish, before the show, you and I were talking about point totals that the Chiefs and Charger games have had over the last couple of years. They're not exactly the highest scoring of events. But the Chargers are going to have to move the ball. They're going to have to try to stay competitive in this. I really realistically, I wouldn't be shocked if Jared Cook got 40 yards in the touchdown. I love Jared Cook. I, I think he's a sneaky, sneaky tight end that you can sneak in there. And, um, and, and I, I like him this week. And you know what? I, I want to touch back. I, I was looking at the spreadsheet that we have uh, where we keep our notes. The, the bonus that I, that we didn't talk about your bonus booty call, uh, wide receiver, Sterling Shepard. Tell me about that, man. Yep. Yeah, Sterling Shepherds look great. I don't know. Do we know if the other guy's playing with oh my uh, Galladay? Uh, Galladay he playing? Uh, like he might not play. Yeah. But Sterling Shepherds got, you know, a ninety-four yard game, a hundred thirteen yard game. Daniel Jones has reincarnated. We don't know how, but he has. <laughs> They're playing the Falcons. I can see Shepard having another game close to a hundred yards. Maybe a touchdown. I'd fire him up this week if I had him. I don't got no shares of him because he's Sterling Shepard. Well, I was going to say, I don't think it matters if Kenny Galladay plays or not. Kenny Galladay played the last two weeks. Sterling Shepard's the wide receiver 11 on the year, which is shocking. You know, it's because his entire NFL career, you know, he hasn't been, you know, there was always that upside. There's always that potential, the talent, because he was good coming out of Oklahoma. So people liked him. I got a fun stat. Go ahead. Sterling Shepard this year has caught 84% of his passes. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's like Michael Thomas numbers. Yeah. When Michael Thomas was doing great. That's something else. I mean, I know it's only a two-game sample, but still. Yeah, but I, I think the addition of Kenny Galladay, kind of like how we were talking about with Sammy Watkins going to Baltimore, you put a legit receiver opposite field to him with Kenny Galladay, he doesn't get the number one corner. He doesn't get, you know, double covered because you put on Kenny Galladay. So now Shepard, he's out there thriving. And I love Shepard. I wish I had more shares of him. I actually traded him away in a dynasty league because I was like, I'm never going to play this fucking guy. And now I wish I had that fucking guy because it's like, goddamn, <laughs> that'll happen. Yeah. Now, granted, the trade I made wasn't a bad trade. I needed a running back and it got me Chris Carson and Christian Kirk. So it wasn't like an awful trade, but still. Like I, I, I wish I had more shares of Sterling Shepard. I do have him in one league. So, and then believe it or not, he's in that lineup because again, Daniel Jones, he's my quarterback booty call of the week. So I, I, I think, you know, I think you fire up just about every New York giant player except for, uh, Evan Ingram. I'm not quite ready to play that man yet, but I, I think, I agree. 
I, I think it's going to be a, a great day for the New York side of the ball because, you know, that Atlanta defense is, uh, like, as you as you like to say, garbage truck juice. So, Right, yeah, they're not good. No. You know what? I think this is actually a good place to wrap it up. We lost Director Ross. Rome's not here. You know, mom and dad are gone, so what are we supposed to do? Let's go party. You know, it's Friday night. This is true. But... We might as well. And plus, hey, we gave you guys some good content to get you through the weekend. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Oh, Ross is still here. I just don't see him in the video anymore. That's okay. Never mind. Anyways, hey, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate the love and support. Best of luck this weekend. You know, have fun. We'll be active on Twitter if you guys need us for start and sit questions. You know, we generally check those pretty regularly but get us on the socials at filthy fball show on twitter on instagram at filthy fantasy football show send in your emails to filthy fantasy football show at gmail.com and yeah guys thank you so much good luck this weekend king josh josh the king fancy fish have a good one y'all